sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. A new week starts right here, right now, live on this Monday on the early line on SportsGrid. All across the SportsGrid network, that includes SportsGrid.com slash watch, where you can find your favorite destination to consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens, and he is Donnie Wrightside. We are here together to open up a new week, live right here on TEL for the next three hours, up until 11 a.m. Eastern time, as week number nine of the NFL regular season comes to a close on this Monday in MetLife after a dramatic Sunday slate. Marquee matchups up and down the board from the very early hours here stateside until Sunday night football. We will break it all down. We will look back on the weekend that was in the NFL, in college football on the first Saturday of November, around the association. And Donnie, on this Monday, break out Ken Palm, get the team totals ready. The college basketball season in 2023-24 tips off tonight. And now, by the way, we have John Ralstein coming on a little bit later in the show. I'm like, oh, fantastic, which Ben tipped me off to last week. It should be a great time. But I was under the impression, like, he's going to come on on Monday, we're going to tip off, like, college basketball week. I'm like, okay, we'll have a couple days here. Probably Thursday is the first big game that we have. I open up my odds sheet here and see a full slate of college basketball. Yeah, welcome to the new millennium here, Donnie Wrightside. Let's get after it. DRS, never be a doubter of what will happen on the College Hoops Hardwood. We will break it down with Mr. College Basketball, John Rothstein, a little bit later on in this show. The countdown is on. College Basketball is here. But, Donnie, let's look back on the Sunday slate around the National Football League. One of the marquee matchups in that late afternoon window at the link in Philadelphia. The Eagles and the Cowboys in NFC East rivalry. First, we welcome in quickly our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of the opening day of this new week it's a monday on tel he's donnie i'm ben you're listening on sirius xm channel 159 and all across the sports grid network with all of our radio terrestrial affiliates donnie a great game yesterday in philadelphia it came down to the wire dallas had their shot but it comes up just short i mean literally just short the birds win 28 23 donnie covering as a three-point home favorite the eagles did everything in their power late in that football game to give it back to the dallas cowboys but as we say that's what dak does here and again dak threw for 374 three touchdown passes no interceptions cd land went absolutely ballistic and they still came up short here Sometimes the Eagles will to win overpower some of those lucky breaks here. But my goodness, Dallas had every opportunity late to take advantage, and they just couldn't do it. Absolutely so, Donnie. It seemed like the game was over after the Cowboys late in the fourth quarter, about a minute and 17 seconds remaining, turned it over on downs, unable to convert on a fourth down play. But then the Eagles punted it back after only three plays. Dallas drove down the length of the field, courtesy of a few Philadelphia defensive penalties, only to come up just short. We'll continue to recap that game coming up in just a minute. But DRS, it started early on the Sunday slate for week number nine for the first time. 
time ever in Frankfurt, Germany, the international series in the NFL. The Chiefs off to a hot start. They scored on their opening drive. They had 21 points at the halftime break, only for the Dolphins to respond in the second half. The Chiefs held scoreless, but the defense holds on. 21-14, Donnie. Kansas City victorious. They improved to 7-2. and two. They win outright and cover as a slight point-and-a-half favorite. This is what both of these teams do. The Chiefs win big games. The Miami Dolphins beat everybody around the bush mm. that they can that's underperforming. They step up in class and they get hammered, which they did. 21-14, but it was close. No, it was 21 to nothing at the half. Basically, in the second yeah. half, the Kansas City Chiefs took the breaks off it, just ran the clock out. But by the way, when we break this game down a little bit further, there must have been a miscommunication late in that football game where it looked like an easy touchdown pass from Tua, and it looked like a shot dove in the air that only went about 15 yards when it needed to go 30 yards here. Yeah. But a lot to get to but the question marks here for the Miami Dolphins fun little team to watch but they're not stepping up to the bell and if they want to be a true AFC contender Donnie they need to step up in those biggest stages Miami this year 0-3 against teams that have a winning record DRS elsewhere Sunday night football in Cincinnati a Bengals and Bills showdown welcome back Cincy five and three now for the Bengals they have won four consecutive games and they've done so in back-to-back weeks Donnie following their bye on the road in Santa Clara against the 49ers at home yesterday against the Buffalo Bills 24 to 18 the final Cincy covers as a slight one and a half point home favorite as well what a wild AFC it's going to begin, particularly in the AFC North, where the Cincinnati Bengals thought to be wiped off the map here in 2023. Now back with a vengeance here. And the questions still arrive for the Buffalo Bills. They're 5-4 and four on the season. It's not lost. Why? Because their division actually isn't very good. There's still a pathway to getting a home playoff game. But if we're trying to put the Buffalo Bills back on the pantheon of the AFC, they're not there, and that's apparent. I believe it was after week number four that a certain Mr. Donnie Wrightside said Cincy season is over. The Bengals yeah. are back with a vengeance. C.J. Stroud, Donnie, start engraving the name on the Offensive Rookie of the Year trophy now. 470 yards yesterday for Houston. That, a single-game rookie record in the National Football League for the most passing yards in one game. Five passing scores, and he led his team back, Donnie, in the final 40 seconds to a 39-37 victory over Tampa Bay. He's good. He's special. And you're fortunate if you're Houston, because last year we ripped Houston for winning a late football game, giving the Bears the overall number yeah. one pick. Can you believe it now? They lucked out into the best quarterback in that draft here. And away they go into their season, have a very good head coach in D'Amico Ryans. Love it. And also coming back multiple times in that game. Love what I see out of C.J. Stroud. The Houston Texans are three and one at home. CJ talked about making the Texans proud in H-Town. They are certainly doing that. Donnie, elsewhere around the NFL, Daniel Jones returned yesterday for the New York Giants. He had missed a few games with a neck injury yesterday. The injuries continue to pile up for the G-Men. It is feared, Donnie, that Daniel Jones has suffered a significant knee injury, a torn ACL. His season seems to be done. Yeah, and also the general manager season should be done as well for the New York Giants for giving Daniel Jones all of that money. Look, it's not Daniel Jones' fault he got hurt, but it wasn't as if he had 20, 20 touchdown passes and one interception coming in. He was brutal the entire season. Now his season is done, and also the questions arise. You got Daniel Jones against next year for over $40 million against yep. the cap. Who even knows when he's coming back at this point? 
and the Raiders victorious. The cigar puff emanating in Las Vegas in their first game without Josh McDaniels. Big college football weekend as well, Donnie, on Saturday night in primetime. Alabama and LSU, a shootout between Jalen Milrow and Jaden Daniels goes the way of the Crimson Tide, 42-28. Alabama covers as a three-and-a-half-point home favorite in Brian Denny. And out in L.A., what a shootout it was. The reigning Heisman Trophy winner in USC's Caleb Williams. On the other side, the Heisman Trophy frontrunner and Michael Penix Jr. They combined for 94 points, Donnie, and the Huskies win 52-42. Yeah, exciting, fun games in both of those, which includes the running quarterback in college football can break your back like never before. Mm. LSU had it going, but Alabama's, what? How many did he run in? Man. Four touchdowns for Milrow. <laughs> Plenty more around college football later. NFL recaps next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live right here on this Monday on the early line on SportsGrid. Looking back on the Sunday slate, week number nine around the National Football League. Donnie, it was the story yesterday that in every single window, because there was a game out in Frankfurt, Germany, between the Dolphins and the Chiefs, we had a marquee matchup. The Dolphins and the Chiefs to start in the 1 p.m. Eastern slate. It was the Ravens and the Seahawks. Baltimore dominant again. In that late afternoon window, the Eagles and and the Cowboys capped off by Sunday night football in Cincy between the Bills and Bengals. But, Donnie, we focus first on the NFC East rivalry. You are a Philadelphia guy. You know the heartbeat of the city of brotherly love. DRS, you know what it means each and every year in the regular season. The two most important games are always the games against the Dallas Cowboys, certainly the one at Lincoln Financial in Philly as well. And what a game it was yesterday. The Eagles victory. Victorious 28 20. Three, But, Donnie, it was not simple for Philadelphia by any means, covering as a three-point home favorite as well. They turned the football over, did Dallas, with a minute and 17 seconds left. They went for it on fourth down, unable to convert. We thought the game was done. Philly would ice the clock. But Dallas had a ton of timeouts remaining. So, Philly had to punt it back to Dallas. The Cowboys took over, Donnie, with under 40 seconds left and drove the length of the field courtesy of three defensive penalties on Philadelphia only to get to Philly's five-yard line or six-yard line rather but it was first and five two offensive penalties on the Cowboys and on the final play of the game with no timeouts remaining Dak Prescott Donnie shows it uh, throws it short of the end zone to CeeDee Lamb who is immediately swarmed by many Eagles defenders he actually fumbles the football and then the clocks hit zero Philadelphia victorious 28-23 again covering as a three point home favorite seems like the Eagles MO in the season Ben is get up multiple touchdowns and just try to hang on at the end and it seems like it's happened multiple times this year already which included the Jets game they lost in a similar scenario where the Eagles probably should have just handed the football off and then punted it downfield would have beaten the Jets but Jalen Hurts made a terrible interception and maybe that played into yeah. it late in that football game yesterday where you knew the Dallas Cowboys with about a minute to go had three timeouts you knew we were probably going to run into the line two straight times here on the third down what were you going to do well I don't know maybe not run A.J. Brown into DeAndre Swift causing 
the fumble, which Eagles luckily even got back there. But I want to get to a broader picture here late in that football game. You punt the football back to the Dallas Cowboys. The returner makes an error by not picking up the ball. It rolls an extra 10 yards and takes about another five seconds off the clock. So essentially 85 yards and no timeouts away from a touchdown, which is what you needed here. The first play, when you play quarters coverage in the NFL, college football, or high school football, rule number one is just get back deep. Don't let the guy run behind you. Bradbury lets him run bait behind him and causes the foul. It looked like he almost blew his knee out on the play. And then you had a tough call against a personal foul roughing the passer, which set the Dallas Cowboys up deep in the Philadelphia territory. Now, they did hold on here, but the bigger picture for the Philadelphia Eagles is they're very good on the defensive line. They get home, and Josh Sweat had a massive sack late in that football game. They have two Pro Bowl cornerbacks. They also have a solid unit in the safety position. But it seems to me the one thing I can't figure out about the Philadelphia Eagles is you say to yourself, okay, they don't have a very good slot corner, so that wrecks the entire defense. Like, I nailed this game overall. I thought the Eagles would win, thought the game would go over. Dak would have a huge day in CeeDee Lamb because apparently you're not allowed to put your best cornerback on CeeDee Lamb if you're the Eagles. You let him run wild against Eli Ricks and backup cornerbacks and safeties here. They're lucky they escaped with the victory, but having said that, this is just what the Eagles do. Win close games. They're 8-1. and one. Best record in the NFL. It's not a fluke. Some people might say it is a fluke in Philadelphia. You are wrong. The Eagles win football games. They have the best record in the NFL. They are only the they are the only team with one loss in the National Football League. They are 5-2 two, and 2 against the number booked as a favorite in all 9 games this year as well. The mark of a Super Bowl contender. The mark of a truly great team is finding multiple ways to win a football game, even if it is ugly, even if it looks a little bit less than desirable. And that's what Philly does. The overall outcome and result, the most important thing for the birds. Donnie, yesterday, Dak Prescott was pretty sensational. 29 of 44, 374 yards, three touchdowns. Was sacked five times, including by Josh Sweat, on that final possession he also ran it for 14 yards it was the first game for Jalen Hurts Donnie in three consecutive he had not thrown for at least 300 yards in fact only 207 but two touchdowns A.J. Brown didn't have a buck 25 but he did score CeeDee Lamb on the other side 11 receptions for 191 yards on 16 targets so it was great offensively for the Cowboys but when Philadelphia needed to hold on at the end They did. Dak throws it short of the pylon in the Eagles swarm. It was their job, and they passed that first success with a win result. Donnie, this is an important five-game stretch for Philadelphia over the next six weeks as the Eagles now enter their bye weekend, but they do get a victory at home over the Cowboys, huge for the divisional implications in the NFC East. Yes, it certainly is, and it gives you the leg up as the Eagles needed that bye week here because it looks like Dallas Goddard going to be down for multiple weeks here with a fractured forearm getting surgery, but he's not going to be lost for the season, but that still hurts during the biggest moments of your season coming up. You would like your best players, but also, just a shout-out to the refs yesterday. Horrendous on both sides here, and quite frankly, to Mm. the people out there, Ben, you hear this quite a bit. They should just take instant replay out of the football game. If they don't, the Eagles lose that football game because they gave him an unbelievable two-point conversion for Dak where he clearly stepped out and the guy was ref was three feet away and missed that. And then the touchdown, which was a game of inches, which they called a touchdown, which had to get overturned. Thank your lucky stars. We have instant replay in professional sports to correct massive wrongs. I just wanted to get that out there.
Yeah, DRS, it sounded like you needed to get that off your chest, and I'm glad that you did. As we focus on the NFC East Divisional Race, Donnie, again, it's the weird quirk in this division. It's the trend that's been going on for nearly two decades. We have not seen a repeat divisional champ in the NFC East since 2004. That's nearly 20 years. Who won this division last year? The Birds. Who won it the year prior? The Cowboys, they have gone back and forth. But now, Donnie, Philadelphia, a perfect 3-0 in the NFC East. Two wins over Washington. The first of two games against Dallas goes in favor of Philly. They are a minus 600 favorite now to win the NFC East. They are a 2-1 favorite, the number growing shorter, to win the NFC Championship. Again, it's an 8-1 mark for Nick Sirianni's birds, Donnie, the best record in the National Football League. Yeah, Washington looks like, I don't know what they're going to get for the rest of the season. Actually won yesterday in New England, which was a bit of a surprise. But having said that, the Giants, they're counted out for the rest of the season. And the Eagles play them twice late in the season. Should be a couple free wins. That's how big that win yesterday was against the Dallas Cowboys. Because even if you go to Dallas, you still technically have house money in your back pocket. You're going like, well, at least we beat you on our home field. Not as big as a football game. Now, granted, the Eagles want to win. Absolutely. Will this division race tighten up over the next five weeks because of who the Eagles play? Probably so. But the Eagles got a big win yesterday to sort of stake claim like the NFC we won last year this is still our division and we're just not going to give it up easily 70 cents in front of the San Francisco 49ers who of course were on the bye this weekend but riding a three-game losing skid into that bye here's what Philly has on the other side of the bye week a trip to Kansas City on a Monday night then they host the Buffalo Bills the following weekend they host San Francisco on the opening Sunday of December before a road trip to Dallas to even out this series to end out the regular season set between the Cowboys boys and the birds here this season that Donnie is how difficult the next four games are for Philadelphia they will use that bye week to get rested and healthy before a gauntlet on the other side it is a gauntlet on the other side. And the NFL didn't do them any favors with the schedule, on which doesn't click. Oh, well, they're going to be on the road in Kansas City. At least they're coming off their bye. Yeah, they gave Kansas City a bye at the same time here. So it almost like yeah. sort of neglects there that the Eagles got that extra bye week to try to get ready for the Kansas City Chiefs. You'll show your medal here, but they've shown 8-1. and Quite frankly, they probably should be 9-0. and But if it bounces go a few ways in other games, maybe they lose a game here or there. The Eagles are right where they're supposed to be. Now they're going to hit that gauntlet. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Cowboys, by the way, a field goal underdog against both the 49ers and the Eagles. They are 0-2 ATS as an underdog this season. Now to the marquee matchups around the AFC. We break it down up next here on TEL. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. For the first time ever, an NFL regular season game in Frankfurt, Germany. We break it down between the Chiefs and the Dolphins that kicked off the week number nine Sunday slate. Then we go to the very end of the week nine Sunday slate in Cincinnati between the Bengals and the Bills. The marquee matchups between four conference contenders, it would appear, in the AFC. First in 
Frankfurt. Donnie, Kansas City's offense got off to a rolling start in Germany, and that was one of the keys for KC that entered week number nine, only averaging 23 points per game about halfway through the pack in the National Football League because last year at this time, entering week nine, the Chiefs offense under the tutelage of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, with Patrick Mahomes as the starter, averaging 32 points per game could the offense pick it up in the first half for sure Donnie 21 nothing at the halftime break only to be shut out in the second half but the reason the Chiefs are seven and two and the reason they won yet again yesterday in Frankfurt Donnie the defense a 21 to 14 win over Miami Kansas City covers as a slight one and a half point favorite in Frankfurt yeah, and by the way, you, you take a look at the game overall. You heard a lot of smack talk this week from Tyree Kill, what he was going to do, put in this work. He basically handed the football game over to the Kansas City Chiefs, whether he dropped passes, just fumbles on his own. And the simple fact of the matter is, tell me before the game, Ben, that you're going to get 267 total yards from Kansas City. I'd say the Miami Dolphins are back. You know, who, who knows what they did against the Bills and the Eagles, but boy, they resurrected that, and they're going to be a player in the AFC. They counter with 292 yards of offense, and in the big moments couldn't convert and or got penalties here this game was over by the half and rightfully so for Andy Reid in Kansas City to go you know what we're up three scores here just don't be dumb in the second half and we should win and quite frankly it looked like they were ready to give that up with 14 unanswered for the Miami Dolphins but late in that football game a miscommunication between a wide receiver and a quarterback and that's where the game ended there the Dolphins had multiple chances to get back in but it feels like we say this bend against every team they play where they have to step up in competition that's a terrible yeah. loss look Miami's a fun team as I said they'll make the playoffs you'll cheer them on they're great for props but yesterday you tell them to step up in a measuring stick game and they just can't yep. do it they performed at their worst in the biggest moments Ben Donnie there is no doubt there is a correlation in the three games Miami has lost in the three games the Finns were booked as an underdog Miami this year is a perfect 6-0 against teams with a losing record Miami this year is 0-3 against teams above 500 and in all three of those games the Bills Eagles and Chiefs, the Dolphins have been the underdog, and they are 0-3 against the number. Yesterday's final result, a little bit closer than that first half felt, but the Dolphins were always playing from that trailing position. And Donnie, in the first two, Miami lost by at least two touchdowns, four touchdowns against Buffalo, two touchdowns the margin against Philadelphia, a touchdown yesterday in a game that Patrick Mahomes threw for only a buck 85. Donnie, that was the difference in my mind that Steve Spagnolo's defense for Kansas City is leading the way for the Chiefs. Mahomes said after the game, hey, the offense will pick up. The offense will get there. But that's what I think is scary about this version of Kansas City looking for their second consecutive Lombardi trophy. The defense has been elite from the very start of this year. Only the Broncos, Donnie. The Broncos, two weekends ago now, the only team to score more than 21 points against Kansas City they score 24 you limit that Dolphins offense to nothing in the first half and only 14 as the game comes to a close a testament to what the KC defense has done this season
Yeah, and by the way, the Miami Dolphins defense wasn't all that bad here. You take a look at the totality of the picture. Patrick Mahomes here, 185 yards passing. Travis Kelsey, take a look at this as you scroll all the way down. You see he leads Kansas City in, in targets and also yeah. yards each week. He goes three catches for 14 yards and only four targets, and you won that game. Kansas City doing it completely differently than what they have done in the past, which is equally impressive here. They're not as dynamic on offense, but yet the record still dynamic year after year after year. No doubt about it. And DRS, that was a part of the conversation, of course, yesterday in Frankfurt. The matchup for the first time between Tyreek Hill and his former team. He was the leading receiver for the game and for Miami. Eight grabs, 62 yards, but did not find the end zone on 10 targets. Travis Kelsey, three grabs, 14 yards, only four targets. Again, Tua threw for a buck 93, under 200. Mahomes, 185, under 200. Donnie, the total worked its way up to 51 and a half, but you told people entering the weekend, hey, maybe some windy conditions at Allianz Stadium in Frankfurt early on a Sunday for us stateside. And that total might have been just a little too high. It certainly was. And Donnie, because of Kansas City's defense, the Chiefs have actually played seven of their nine games to an under this season. So both of these guys in the MVP race following week number nine, Mahomes remains the favorite at plus 240. Jalen Hurts didn't do anything statistically overwhelming yesterday. Now that second best number at plus 320, another former NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson at five to one, Tua at plus 650, and Joe Burrow down here right side rounds out the top five now at nine to one. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of bonus points here for how good your football team is, which again, Patrick Mahomes hasn't been lighting the world on fire, but his team is very good and the best probably in the AFC. The same thing with Jalen Hurts in the NFC, but watch out, you're right. There's a couple guys that's starting to get those headwinds now, yep. talking about Joe Burrow, where they can win big football games and sort of seize it, because again, it's a what have you done for me lately betting public here. What they see last looks great. Starting the season, I thought Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals were gone. I didn't care if he even recovered. They were too far behind the April. They look sensational here. Also, you're trying to take a look at different quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, who has won an MVP. They are crushing teams at home, and they're going to be a problem in the AFC. The only thing with Lamar Jackson is here, he's not getting those bonus points, which like, like first yeah. and goal at the one-yard line, you pull the ball, you, you know, run outside <laughs> the pocket, dump it off to a tight end for a touchdown pass. He's happy to give it to the Gus Buzz here, and away they go. They're really good football teams, but back to the MVP market, it'll be interesting to see yeah. who's going to step up here and really light that torch. I don't know. Maybe it's Christian McCaffrey as a running back here, as we saw late in that graphic there. And Donnie, because of the stat performance yesterday for Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, and because of what the Bengals have done in their last four games, he is certainly making his way up the board in the 9-1 to price. Fifth best around the National Football League is justified. 31-44 of 44 for Joey B yesterday. Nearly 350 yards, 348, two passing scores, zero INTs, and his Bengals have won four straight. Now, five Five and three with an impressive victory at home yesterday against Buffalo, winning 24-18. Yes, it was a single-score game. Yes, it was competitive in the second half. But, Donnie, it was the Bengals out in front from the very start. They scored on their opening drive. Buffalo responds. Cincy adds another. It was a shootout early that slowed down in the final three quarters. But the Bengals, Donnie, most importantly, now five and three, four consecutive wins. 
Yeah, I'm not saying uh, Josh Allen still threw the ball 38 times, but I, I don't understand what's yep. going on here. During the practice week, you know, we knew he had a little bit of a banged-up shoulder, took it easy in practice, but then you start getting those pregame reports about Josh Allen where, oh, he's not even taking any reps in pregame. So I'm like, you know what? That can't be a great sign here for tonight's football game. And he was okay through the one interception, was still effective on the ground. The same things we talk about, Ben, year after year with the Buffalo Bills. You go to the trade deadline, you head into the offseason, and everybody screams, hey, Buffalo, go out and get a legitimate running back for yourself to help Josh Allen so he doesn't have to be your team's running back. And they go out and make moves like Cook, who I actually think is a solid running back. But then you say, okay, at the deadline, we're not going to trade for anybody back-to-back years. We're going to pick up guys like Leonard Fournette and Latavius Murray. What are they doing? It's clear they need a lead tailback. And if you remember last year, oh, a little bit too much of a price to pay for run CMC. Imagine if he was in the backfield taking the heat off of Josh Allen, what that play-action pass could actually turn into. The Buffalo Bills, it seems like their own fault. Now, last two years for me, they were the it team. They were the team that was supposed to overtake Kansas City, get to a Super Bowl, and win it. This year, I was down on them. After the first month of football, after that Jets loss, I said to myself, hey, you know what? Maybe this is the Buffalo Bills year where everybody jumped off the bandwagon. Nope, it's the same Buffalo Bills team, just not even as talented as what they were the last two years, which is why they have a 5-4 and four record. Yep. But as we started the show, Ben, talking about the Bills, they're lucky. Usually it's a tough, like, oh, man, they play in the AFC East. No, the AFC East actually stinks out loud, and they probably should still Oof. win the division here. That's where I'm calling it. We thought it was the best division entering the year with Aaron Rodgers in New York. The best division yeah. in football is by far the AFC North. Three teams at five and three, all looking up at the Ravens, who are seven and two. Cincy now, though, as you look at their price, plus 320, making their way up the board in the division. And you're right, Donnie, when you look at the divisional race in the AFC East, the Dolphins still an odds-on favorite, but Buffalo does have the tiebreaker over Miami. The only issue for the Bills, they're one and two in the AFC East with losses against the Jets and the Patriots. Now, in terms of the ground game, Donnie, it gets better for Buffalo as the weather gets colder. But Josh Allen, their leading rusher, 40 yards, a sick touchdown on the opening drive of the game where he got Cincy's Nick Scott to fly into the air on a pump fake, was called for a taunting penalty. But who cares? Donnie, now in five games this year, James Cook has had 13 carries or less. Buffalo is one and four in those games. I'm not saying that's the only statistical reason that Buffalo has dropped those games, but for a Bills team that is expected to finally play for a Super Bowl, a five and four mark following week number nine, Donnie, frankly, it's just not good enough. No, it's not good enough here. And you expected more out of the Buffalo Bills with the same results come up. And also, you can use the crutch. Well, hey, we're banged up in the secondary. We lost one of the best middle linebackers in football. How do you want us to recover? Newsflash. Everybody's team gets injured here throughout the season. It's up to you with an all-star quarterback here to handle yep. your business. They didn't last night. We'll see if they can recover in the future. Just the 11th time Buffalo has been booked as an underdog in the last four NFL seasons. They are now 6-5 and five ATF. We'll talk about other things around the NFL. That's next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Live right here on the early line to start off this Monday. Some of those stingers coming out of break. We got to make sure they're a little bit smoother here on the early line on this Monday. I am Ben Stevens. He is Donnie Wrightside. We look back on the Sunday slate, week number nine in the National Football League. So, Donnie, three of the four marquee matchups we have broken down here on the show to start off this opening hour on the opening day of the new week, the fourth and final in Baltimore yesterday. The Ravens hosting the Seahawks the second time in three weeks the Ravens have hosted an NFC front runner in their respective division three weeks ago now it was the Detroit Lions the favorites out of the NFC North Baltimore won that game 38 to 6 yesterday on a Sunday afternoon in the Charm City it was the Seattle Seahawks who entered with a 5 and 2 record the best in the NFC West what was the final result the Baltimore Ravens victorious 37 to 3 utter domination Donnie in those two tests against two of the front runners out in the NFC the line worked in Baltimore's favor prior to kick yesterday afternoon and Baltimore took advantage rolling to a cover as a six and a half point favorite the best scoring defense in the National Football League Donnie held Seattle to only three points and Baltimore walks away with a 34 point win. The key to this game for me entering into was like, okay, Seattle, you're going to have to crank up that running game. And if it doesn't work, you're not going to be able to win that football game. How about 15 carries for 28 yards, a 1.9 yard per carry here for Seattle on the road. And correct me if I'm wrong, two out of the past three weeks, NFC title, division title contenders rolled into Baltimore and absolutely got put to sleep. Same thing with the Detroit Lions. Now goes ahead with the Seattle Seahawks. And also, we talked about it here with the MVP race. I love where Lamar Jackson's head is at this point because we see a lot of players across the NFL that understand, I need to get mine here. I'm the superstar. Let's go ahead with it. They put up 37 points to the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, 21-26, ultra-efficient, 187 yards, no touchdowns in that game. Passing, no touchdowns on the ground. And by the way, yeah. third ground game, you want to talk about Ben getting cranked up? How about 41 carries for 298 <sighs> yards? If you're yeah. doing the math and have a calculator, that's almost seven and a half yards per carry. That is unbelievable here. A couple weeks ago, I said to myself, man, you can't lose games to Pittsburgh. How the heck did you lose to the Colts and Gardner Minshew at home? Maybe I made a bad decision here, taking out a flyer here on the Ravens Super Bowl championship. They look tremendous. That number has been more than cut in half right now. They're going to be a player in the AFC because, again, we talk about measuring stick games for other teams. seems like when Baltimore comes up in a game, it's like, you know what? We think we're going to get a test from another really good football team. They pound yeah. them here. Love what I see out of the Ravens offensively and defensively. DRS, you probably didn't have a Keaton Mitchell prop. He probably wasn't in Ooh, your fantasy man. lineup for week number nine. But the rookie out of ECU comes out of nowhere. Donnie, zero rushing attempts for Mitchell entering yesterday against the Seahawks. Nine carries for 138 yards, averaged more than 15 yards per pop on the ground and scored a touchdown. Shout out to the Pirates of East Carolina. Lamar Jackson, 60 rushing yards as well. And Donnie, you were all over the Gus bus. Gus Edwards into the end zone twice. What is that, six touchdowns now, Donnie, in the last three games for Baltimore? Yes, it is. And also, you keep in mind with him, this is all Lamar Jackson. Again, when you're inside the five yards, it's like, you know what's going to work best? A run to a running back here. Not me getting statistics here. I'll keep riding the Gus bus here because, again, yeah. they love to run the football. Number two, how many times have they been inside the five this year? The Gus bus continues to be that closer. Love to see it.
Your family, your religion, Gus Edwards from Rutgers football. That is how things play out for the Ravens. I and Donnie, there was a lot of conversation in Todd Munkin's new offense. How would this Ravens side look? Well, they remain one of the best in the NFL running the football. Again, 298 yards as a team. And what they are best at on the other side of the football, Donnie, that's limiting opposing offenses. Only three points for Seattle. Baltimore held the Seahawks to only 150 one total yards offensively again the AFC North is the best division and it's not particularly close around the National Football League three teams either in a tie for second or tie for last the Bengals Browns and Steelers all at five and three everybody in the AFC North victorious in week number nine it just so happens Donnie Baltimore is one of the two two lost teams around the NFL the Ravens seven and two the Chiefs seven and two and Baltimore a minus 145 favorite to win this competitive AFC North division Yes, and they are the best team in the division overall right now. And you could, quite frankly, I know it's hard to do this, but they, they should be undefeated at this point, right? When you look at the Philadelphia Eagles at the 8-1, and one, like, hey, you know what? Should they be undefeated? Probably, but they could have actually lost a few games. You can't lose to Gardner Minshew, you know, at home in that instance and also be dominating the Pittsburgh Steelers and just wake up with a loss in that game. But that's what happens in the NFL. They're a better team for it at this point. And also, they have some marquee matchups coming up. If you're asking me who the best team in the AFC is right now, Probably going to still give that nod to the Kansas City Chiefs, but not far behind, not yeah. far at all, are those Baltimore Ravens. Only a $2 separation right now, Donnie. Kansas City the favorite, rightfully so, plus 240. Baltimore just $2 back, plus 440. The first time the Ravens have had the second best price this year to win the AFC title, vaulting past the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills, where things currently stand. All right, elsewhere around the AFC North, welcome back to Sean Watson, finally. But really, Donnie, for the Browns yesterday, as we thought, that defense is great, and the defense has been sensational at home for the third time in five home games for Cleveland they hold a team to three points or less yesterday zero zip zilch for Clayton Toon, the rookie out of Houston for the Arizona Cardinals. The Browns pitched the shutout 27-0 once Deshaun Watson was confirmed, Donnie. The line ballooned to nearly four touchdowns, 13 and a half in favor of the Browns. They even cover that by a pretty good margin. Yeah, they're going to play Atlanta this week, Arizona. You might say to yourself, like, well, Atlanta's not a great football team, but everybody beats the Arizona Cardinals. Why is that game roughly a pick -em? Well, looks like the Calvary is coming back next week in the way of Kyler Murray. They could have used him in this game, but so many times we talk about soft landing spots in the NFL. If you're the Arizona Cardinals, you're really looking towards your future here. And probably Kyler Murray could have come back for this game. And they go, you know what? Your first game back, maybe not the best environment here to be in Cleveland against that defense. Hey, Clayton Toon, you know what you could tell your grandkids? You started an NFL game just don't show them the tape of how it turned out and you guys got shut out and barely able to move the football at all this was just shellacking from start here why because Arizona just didn't have the talent particularly at the quarterback position and also we call them a triple yeah. threat defense here but not for good reasons for the Cardinals terrible pass rush terrible run defense terrible pass coverage that's what happens when you get beat by close to four touchdowns yesterday the Cardinals ran 48 offensive plays yesterday as a team for a whopping 58 
total yards. Deshaun Watson, though, looked pretty good in his return. Listen, the props were modest, but he went over pretty much every single category. 219 yards, two passing scores, 19 completions, threw the football 30 times. So the shoulder looking pretty good and did not throw an interception. So that's pretty good news, Donnie, for the Cleveland Browns, who again are 5-3. and three. We are at the midway point of this NFL regular season. Week 9 comes to a close tonight in MetLife. That's the halfway point, Donnie. We're going to start to look now as we get deeper into November and early December at the wild card races around the league, the divisional front runners, and who is in the hunt in the NFL. Donnie, everybody in the AFC North is positioning themselves for a postseason opportunity. Yes, and the best part about this, too, is I always like to play this game and catch myself on it, where you look at teams like, I don't know, the Atlanta Falcons, or you just say to yourself, you know, oh, can the Browns get in, or even the Indianapolis Colts? Oh, they stink. There's no way they can get in. And then it always comes back to like, well, if the season ended today, they'd either be in or be a game back of the playoffs. So many teams are still going to be involved all the way down the stretch. The teams that you thought that should be tanking or there's no choice, like, heck, you even take a look at the Denver Broncos, who have been pathetic. They're only three and five here. They just beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe Peyton's offense is starting to take notice there as they didn't fire sale the team at the trade deadline. So many teams will be in this all the way down. And quite frankly, again, for the people, there's too many wildcard teams. There's too many teams. Are you kidding me? More meaningful no. games down the stretch is better football, better betting environments, yeah. and more fun for the fans. I love this stuff. DRS, it's so wild as well because as we got ready for this Sunday slate, week number nine, we talked about the four more key matchups, and then we're like, everything else, really not all that great. Boy, were we wrong. How about that early window in some wild endings? First, the Houston, we talked about the history for C.J. Stroud. 470 passing yards, the most ever by a rookie quarterback in a single game. Five passing scores tied for the most ever in NFL history. Zero interceptions Receptions. Donnie, one of three quarterbacks ever, rookie or non-rookie, in an NFL game to throw for 470 and five scores and not turn the football over. And it led his Houston Texans team to a wild come-from-behind victory. The Buccaneers scored with 46 seconds left. We thought it was over. C.J. Stroud led them on a six-play, 75-yard drive, finding Tank Dell, his fellow rookie, from Houston in Houston to a victory. And Donnie, those Texans three and one at home in H-Town this season. Yes, and also, if you wanted some spread drama at the end of this football oh. game, 39-37, why is that important? Say, well, look at that, man. You're going to get those covers because the majority of the lines were mainly two and a half and threes out there across the board. We did the show yesterday, Pro Football Today, and I said to myself, look, this is a coin flip to me. If you give me the three points, I'm just going to take Tampa. The two and a half, I probably would have taken the Texans here. And most people probably up in arms late in that game get to the Texans. Why are you just kicking the extra point? It was actually the right thing to do because why? Block the extra point, return it, then you get a tie game here. They go for two. They don't get it here. Yeah. The Buccaneers end up with the cover, but that's not going to help the Bucs here that dropped the three and five and Todd Bowles, that defensive maven head coach here. They were terrible yesterday on defense. They should have won that football game. Should not have lost, but my yeah. goodness, it comes down to the end of the game for spread drama. And it's like, you know what? If this was just a few minutes earlier, they would have kicked the extra point, but with only a couple seconds left, you know there's only one play left, which means you're not kicking a field goal. Yeah. They did the right thing. It just didn't work out for you as a handicapper.
it seemed like every time we saw the Texans find the end zone, they were going yes. for two in interesting situations. It's because the yeah. kicker wasn't there, but Dari Agumbawale was the former Wisconsin running back, makes a 30-plus yard field goal That's in that game as well. The first time a non-kicker has made a field goal in regulation in a regular season game since Wes Welker all the way back in 2004. Four lead changes in the fourth quarter between the Texans and the Buccaneers and yes Donnie Tampa has lost four straight how about this in Atlanta the Minnesota Vikings go on the road they start the BYU rookie Jaron Hall of course in the absence of Kirk Cousins for the remainder of this season Jaron Hall knocked out of the game early with a concussion so the guy they traded for on Tuesday afternoon Joshua Dobbs Donnie is the fastest learner in the history of the National Football League he leads Minnesota to a victory 31 28 in Atlanta the Vikes somehow someway Donnie have won four consecutive games the kid just doesn't give up. I'm just trying to scroll down the timeline here, and I believe it was the four, yes, the fourth and seventh yeah. scramble with under a minute to go, where he literally left, Crazy. you know, jock straps on the field, maneuvered his way around, willed his way to a first down, and then the game wasn't over yet. You still had to convert, and he did that as well. It's unbelievable how you can step into a franchise, have no idea what the playbook is, not really prepared as a starter, come into a game and be better than a starter, and lead your team to victory. And oh yeah, he did that last year pretty well the Tennessee Titans this guy is the consummate professional that's a huge win for the Vikings that I actually didn't see coming here congratulations to Dobbs we'll talk more about Joshua Dobbs in a moment because it is truly sensational what he is doing the Vikes win outright as a three and a half point dog in Atlanta more T.E.L. next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com smooth as a kitten's ear as we welcome you back live right here to the opening hour of a Monday on the early line we round out this opening hour it's me Ben that's Donnie on the other side still two more hours to go after we end out this first hour Donnie Joshua Dobbs as we just displayed for Minnesota is the fastest learner in the history of the NFL he was traded for by the Vikings on Tuesday to provide some depth to that quarterback room after losing Kirk Cousins for the year but it was going to be the rookie out of BYU Jaron Hall getting the start he had earned it he knew the system better maybe in a few weeks down the line if it wasn't working out for the rookie in Hall Joshua Dobbs would take the reins but Jaron Hall knocked out of the game early in the concussion protocol so what happens Joshua Dobbs happened leaving leading Minnesota back to a victory 20 of 30 yesterday Donnie for Joshua Dobbs through the air finished with I'm losing my place in rundown creator that's what happens with this hanky mm. system anyway 158 yards two passed out passing touchdowns and 66 yards on the ground and a score there as well he led an 11 play 75 yard touchdown drive with just over two minutes remaining in the fourth quarter as Minnesota Donnie now has won four consecutive games yesterday led by Dobbs. 
Yeah, and I don't think there's too much of a future for the Minnesota Vikings making the playoffs, but you make people believers by doing what? Still continuing to win, even though you figure the season is over. Like, oh, Kirk Cousins is down, and then you get the news before the game yesterday. Hey, by the way, Justin Jefferson, he's due to come up off that injured reserve, but we think we're going to hold him out another couple weeks because maybe he's not healing as fast. And, and you come up with a victory yesterday. I loved what I saw out of Dobbs yesterday. The kid, he's just a winner, man. Just put me in, coach. Yeah. I'm ready to play. That's really the MO for him. And shout out to Daria Gumbawale, who made a 29-yard yeah. field goal in the fourth quarter for the Texans. To, it was beautiful. Right through the pipes. Yeah. Daria Gumbawale, a former Wisconsin Badgers running back. One thing they teach in the Big Ten, how to kick a field goal. He did that yesterday. Hour two starts in 55 seconds.